Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Uh, I, talked, or I said last week that this week I'm going to be talking about the wicked, and you guys still showed up, so thank you so much. I clap for you. <laughs> thank you for showing up here today. Today uh, we are ending our series, our summer series we've talk, been going through in June and July, the, the uh, chapter of Psalm chapter 34 where David writes this psalm alone in a cave to the Lord. Uh, with our cornerstone verse being verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. And we've talked a lot about His goodness, our response to His goodness, how and why He is good. Um, we said that the Lord is good, that His praise is always on my lips. Uh, that's our response to Him. And so really, the breath of the Christian is worship, really. And so, as we breathe, we worship the Lord, that He answers our prayers. He's a God that that hears us, that listens to us, um, and He's powerful enough and compassionate enough to do something about our prayers, and so He answers us. He is close to the brokenhearted. How many of you know that? That He is close to the brokenhearted. And so He is, while He is close to us, uh, there is also a healthy fear because of how big He is, and how majestic He is, and He sets outside the universe, but yet is still in our hearts as well. Last week we said that our eye, or his eye, is on the righteous, Um, and and so he watches over us, and I am so thankful that he is a good God that watches over us, and that he leads us and guides us in in where we are to go, and then today we're talking about turning or turn from evil. Now as we go and we talk about uh, evil or wickedness, there's a lot of different rabbit trails that we could walk down, isn't there? I mean, there's a lot of different things that we could talk about. Um, you know, we, we, could, we could say, you know, why does a good God allow evil? We could, we could talk about how why do uh, good things happen to bad people, and why do bad things happen to good people? We can talk about some of those things. And actually, we have talked about some of those things in the past year that, uh, that we've been here. And so if, if you want to go back and look at those, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can hit the subscribe button and the bell and, the, and you can uh, look at all those things. The, the past year of messages, I, what I have preached, what Becky has preached, and what other uh, guest speakers have preached um, are, are there on our YouTube channel, so you can check those out. And we have talked about some of those things. There is one area that we can walk down because it's an area that uh, David mentions toward the end of the chapter. And that is this idea of, the, of punishment of the wicked. And some people would say, how could a good God send someone to hell? That doesn't sound very good. That doesn't sound nice. That doesn't, you know, this eternal punishment. Why would a good God do that? That doesn't seem very good. Well, let's talk about it. Let's just put that matzo ball out there, okay? And then let's talk about it, all right? So if you have your Bibles, Psalms chapter 34... We're going to read uh, this together, Psalm chapter 34, let's read the whole chapter together one last time, all right? Starting in verse 1, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help 
will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We've heard that a lot this summer, but I don't think we can hear it enough. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. You see that? For the Lord, or I'm sorry, fear the Lord, you His godly people. For those who fear Him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve Him. No one who takes refuge in Him will be condemned And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. That is Psalm chapter 34 in the NLT. And so we're going to look a little closer as we zoom in. The last couple of uh, several verses, are they kind of go back and forth between talking about the righteous and talking about uh, the wicked. And so there's a little bit of overlap there. So we'll we'll go back and forth a little bit. So let's start in verse 12, which which is actually where we started last week. We've been reading from the NLT. Let's look and see what the NIV says, just a slightly different perspective. It says, whoever of you, this is verse 12, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days. So that's living long and prosperous. You love life, you desire to see many good days. Is that anyone here in the room? Uh, Loves life, desires to see many good days, okay? So it's interesting that he's saying, okay, if you want to do this, I'm about to tell you what to do. And it's interesting that he doesn't immediately go to do good things, he is immediately going to go to let's stay away from evil things, okay? So the next verse is, if you want to do this, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. So he doesn't immediately go to good, he goes to turning evil. And of course, this is a partial list, this is not an exhaustive list, but it is interesting that the first thing he goes to is the words that come out of your mouth, okay? So there's things that you think, and then there's things that that come out of your mouth, 
and then that lead to doing as well. And so it is to keep your tongue from evil, your lips from telling lies. And so it's very important uh, that we stay away from evil in the things that we say. That we're not uh, as right as the righteous, as believers, that we're not rude to people. The waitress, our co-workers, our neighbors. Uh, like we don't, we don't spout out rude things to other people. That we don't gossip. We don't talk about people. We don't, hey, you know, I, what is so-and-so doing? Have you heard about this? And we don't talk behind people's back like that. If you have a problem, you go to them and you talk to that person. You're, you don't tell lies. Yes, even if it's to get out of trouble. Uh, but no, you don't tell lies at all. That the things that you say, there are things that we say that are evil. And he says to turn from that evil, to do good, seek peace, and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. We talked about it a lot last week, that his eyes are on the righteous people. Then he says, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from the earth. So if on the righteous, his eyes are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to what the righteous are praying, what the righteous are talking about, those who choose to do evil, the face of the Lord is against that person. Maybe they've noticed that things aren't going the way that they, they used to go. That the favor of the Lord is not with them as much anymore. Has the face of the Lord turned against you? And if the face of the Lord has turned against, is that, is that evil that has come out of your mouth or your actions or whatever it is? But the face, you do not want the face of the Lord against you, do you? And you're going to read that in the Word of God. You do not want, you want the favor of God on your side. All right? You do not want the face of the Lord against you, but it is against those who do evil. Now, there may be some who, according to their definition, the world's definition of long and prosperous, they may have money or whatever the world would call prosperous, but if the face of the Lord is against them in the definitions that God gives there's going to be no favor their way. There's going to be no help from the Lord come that way because they have chosen a way against Him. We skip a few verses to verse 21. Evil will slay the wicked. So that's, listen, the, the evil evil's going to eat the evil. Wicked's going to eat, eat the wicked, okay? Generally speaking, here in the church, as Christians, we, there's a certain sense of unity here. Outside, in the wicked, people from for the most part, are for themselves, okay? That they're going to get what they're going to get. And they are for themselves. And so in that way, the evil is going to slay the wicked. The wicked is going to slay the wicked. And the foes of the righteous will be condemned. Will be condemned. Other versions say punished. Now, we don't like to talk about this a lot, do we? Like, we love to talk about the love of God and how He loves us and we're to love other people. And let's just talk about love all the time. We want to talk about grace. That, you know, we make a mistake, but God's grace covers it. And we want to talk about forgiveness. And we want to talk about mercy. And we want to talk about all the good things of God, which are true and which all of it is correct. But to not ever talk about the wrath of God is not talking about the totality of God. There is a wrath of God that is coming for the wicked, and it is a punishment. And so if we're going to talk about the love of God, 
we're going to talk about the mercy of God and the grace of God and the goodness of God which is there, then there is the wrath of God. And what's interesting, as I'll point out in a second, that we find the goodness of God actually in the wrath of God as well. Which doesn't sound right, but absolutely is. You are the one who determines your relationship with God. If you are for Him, He will be for you. If you are an enemy of God, God will be an enemy of you. And the thing is, you get to determine that. That is your decision. See, some think, when it comes to good and evil, that there is, here is good over here. When I say some think, I say even people in the church think. There are good things, okay? So we do good things, and there's good things over here, and then there's evil things over here. And this is evil, and this is wicked, and this is bad and dark and whatever. Evil's over here, good is over here, and God is back here judging which one is which. Okay? So God is back here, and he sees goodness over here, and he sees evil and wicked over here, and I'm going to determine which one is which, and there's a line, and this is good, and that's bad. That's not the case. Okay? God, as the judge, is not back here judging what is good and what is evil like they're over here. God is good. The essence of goodness. So anything outside of God's goodness is evil and is wicked. You don't have to amen that, it's true. <laughs> okay? You don't have to be with me, I'm with me, okay? Alright? So there's God, he's not looking over there like that's good stuff. No, he is good. When I say taste and see that the Lord is good, I don't mean like he does good stuff. I mean like he is good. So if he is goodness, everything outside of that goodness is wickedness. So he doesn't judge it like that's over there and that's over there. It's no, goodness is here, everything outside is wicked. And so we want to stay inside of his goodness. And this is where uh, intelligent, <laughs> the intelligent atheists come in, okay? And I don't know how much you listen to them or... or or have heard some things that they say, but that, this is what intelligent uh, atheists talk about, is that they say, I can do good things even though I'm not Christian. Have you heard any of this, something like this before? Like, I don't have to be a Christian to do good things. And so they'll say, okay, I, I see a little old lady that needs to be helped across the street. Like, I don't have to read the Bible to know that there's a little old lady that he's helping across the street, okay? So I go over, and I help the little old lady across the street. I do a good thing, and I don't have to go to your church to know how to do that, okay? So that's what many of them say. We can find goodness, or what they say morality. We can find goodness, or we can find morality outside of church and the Bible and God and all of this. And that's how they rationalize uh, their goodness. One of the things that they fail to understand is that, for the most part, the idea of atheism is really seen in the Western world. That's not really a worldwide thing, okay? It's really a Western world. Those people who grew up in a Judeo-Christian worldview uh, kind of tend to do this. I can find goodness outside of God. Uh, but they grew up in a Judeo-Christian uh, culture who has fought Thousands and thousands of years of brutal cultures who were morally wrong. And we have 
taught and fought against that evil, that everything outside of good. Now, there were some things that, uh, that Jews and Judaism did, and even Christians and Christianity did, that are not good, that are apart from God, and God was against them as well, okay? But for the most part, Judaism and Christianity has fought against this evil, everything outside of goodness. And there's not many other cultures, no other cultures, that have done this. And so you look back at the cultures of the past, okay? Cultures, by the way, cultures in every continent across the world. North America, South America, Africa, Asia, Europe, Australia, everywhere. And there has been wickedness everywhere that has happened away from the Lord. So this idea that, uh, to use my little old lady crossing the street scenario, there have been cultures and there have been countries and there have been ways of thinking in the past that not only would they not help that little old lady across the street, the very fact that she was elderly meant that she had no usefulness in the culture and so she would be killed anyway. Like, they would kill the elderly, they would kill those with defect, babies that were born with like a small defect, they would throw them in a pit, Spartan culture, right? So there have been cultures in the past, away from a Judeo-Christian worldview, that committed horrible atrocities every continent across the world. So it's not just, well, I can just figure out to help an old lady. Yeah, because you grew up in a culture that fought against evil, all across the world, in every culture, there were, see, it didn't rain for a while, so let's have a human sacrifice. That's evil, y'all. I don't know if you knew that or not. That is evil. That just because it doesn't rain, let's have, uh, let's have human sacrifices. Slavery was not just in America in 1830. Slavery has been across the entire world for all time. Slavery has been evil. You know, there are some cultures that believe in cannibalism. Uh, there is genocide everywhere. There have been evil, evil things in cultures apart from a Judeo-Christian worldview. And what are we just supposed to say? Well, that's just a different culture. Those, those people called the things that they did good. Those people that it didn't rain so they sacrificed a human. It didn't work. Let's do it again. It didn't work. Let's do it again. Finally, it rained. Ah, uh, it's because we did the sacrifices. Like, they did evil things and called it good. And because God is good, he opposes all of those evil things. Now, watch this, okay? This is where we can get confused for our here today, okay? So we call that stuff evil, okay? So when you talk about hell, you talk about punishment, you get, okay. Well, there's some people like way back when, they did horrible stuff, okay? So I understand them having an eternal punishment. Me, I just don't go to church as much as I should. And I cuss a little, you know. Or we just, you know, come up with some of these things. My sin is not as bad as that sin. Like it's some sort of scale of 1 to 10, okay? Like, my sins, they're like a 2.2. Your sins are a 7.8, okay? I don't need prayer as much, but boy, you do, okay? You need a lot of prayer. My stuff is just kind of a mistake. I'm working. I'm getting better. But your sin out there were the sins of the past, and that's where we can, can get into trouble. What we call that evil 
but our stuff is just a mistake. And I'm telling you, everything outside the goodness of God is evil. Everything outside of wickedness. So let's, for the sake of argument, let's say that this platform right here represents the goodness of God, or God represents God, the goodness of God. If I'm one step off of this platform, I am in evil. And you can say, well, I'm, I'm kind of on the platform. No, I'm not. I'm either on the platform or I'm not on the platform. I could be one step off. I could be two steps off. And you can talk about these people. Whoa, now we're getting really wicked, really evil. And I'm messing with the camera person. Sorry, let me come back here, okay? <laughs> evil, goodness of God. This is the goodness of God right here. And this is where we find the goodness of God in all of this, okay? If God did not oppose the wicked, which is everything outside of God, if God did not oppose what was wicked, he himself would be wicked. What would you say about a judge who there was someone convicted of a crime standing in front of him, but he wanted to be nice and let him go? What would you say about a judge who did not uphold justice? They would be wicked. What would you say uh, if a judge decided that this prison that's down the street here, all those people, you know what, that's just not nice to lock people up. You know, I don't want to be a society where we take away people's freedoms. You know, that's just mean. We don't want to be a mean society, do we? So all those people that's in those jails, you know what, let them out. Let them out of the prison and just, we'll just, what, what happens, happens. Would that be good or would that be evil? It'd be evil. Number one, it doesn't uphold justice. There is a price to be paid for evil. Number one, it doesn't uphold justice. But number two, that goes against the good. That goes against the righteous. Who is going to suffer if that happens? The righteous. So we find God's goodness in understanding that he opposes evil. And he opposes evil for a reason. What would you think of a judge who did not punish lawbreakers? Genesis 6. The Lord, verse 5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. We're only at Genesis 6, by the way. Like, we hadn't gotten very far. <laughs> like, we were created in Genesis 1. We made it all the way to 6, and everyone's evil. <laughs> okay? Like, like we, we're not going to make it very far. Okay? Lord looked down and saw everyone was wicked. That every inclination of the thought of man was on evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. Verse 7, so the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created with them, the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have even made them. We kind of put this human emotion on God that he regretted that he made humans. However, verse 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. What was it like? To be the only family on the planet to found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That's a rough place. 
But listen, this was pre-law. This was before don't do this, 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 and this. Noah knew how to be righteous even before the law. That lets me know that all of us have something inside of us that know when we are right and when we are wrong. There's something inside of us. Before the law was brought, Noah knew to be righteous in the eyes of the Lord. And everybody else knew, I'm going to do it my own way. Before the law, there is something inside each and every one of us that is yearning for the goodness of God. And then some of us reject that. Judges, chapter 21. The Israelites were going through a time of up and down and mostly down. And it says at the end, the last verse of the whole book, in those days Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Man, doesn't that, doesn't that sound like today even? <laughs> Everyone just see, they, they do whatever seems right in their own eyes. Well, I think this is good. Helping a little old lady across the street. Well, that's good. Why? I don't know. This is good. I mean, that is good. But we know that that's good because every person is made in the image of God. And so we are there to help everybody. But where does that idea come from? From God. From Christianity. We don't do what's right in our eyes. We do what's right in God's eyes. We do what's right in God's eyes eyes so we think about all this and then we ask the question is hell too much of a punishment that there is goodness there's no goodness outside of God all that is good is from God if you are outside of that goodness you are partaking in wickedness which is rebellion to God is hell too much of a punishment think of it this way have you ever heard of someone committed a crime and they got 10 years of prison? And your knee-jerk reaction was, ooh, that's a little excessive. That's a little harsh. They got 10 years for that? Hmm, okay. And then over time, you get to hear some of the details that came out of what that person actually did. You hear the stories of the, of the victims and the number of victims that came. And then you hear about the fallout, that there's people who are going to be affected by this for the rest of their life. And then you have a different perspective on it, and you look and you go, 10 years. Actually, that might have been a little soft, actually, because of the damage that was done. What if sin is a lot worse than we think? What if we look at sin as a mistake? But what if sin is a rebellion against God the Father. And when we go and meet Him one day and we are in the presence of a completely holy and good God and we look at our own unholiness and it clicks with us and it becomes clear, oh, I see now. We, we have to be humble enough to kind of understand that maybe we don't know everything there is about sin and how it is an attack on God's holiness. One day it'll click and things will become clear and our thoughts on this earth will seem elementary. And that's why we have to trust in a good God. When God calls this sin, it's sin. And we turn away from it. And we could be one step outside the ark. 
Is there salvation one step outside the ark? The salvation comes when you get in the ark. When you get in the goodness of God. One step out or 20 steps out of, outside of the ark does not matter. It, wickedness. I want to be inside the ark. I want to be inside the goodness of God. I want to be where God is. Paul, Paul says it way better than I've even said it thus far. So I've, just, I've got to read it for you. Romans chapter 1. If you haven't read Romans, it'll knock your socks off, okay? It's not on your notes, so don't worry, Ms. Dina. I'm just going to read from here, okay? I'm going to read a few verses, actually several verses, because Paul says it so good. Goodness gracious. This is Romans chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, then they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Like, where did all of this come from? There is no way that intelligence came from unintelligence. There is no way that something came from nothing. Like, stop it. The intelligent people are telling you that. That's crazy. Okay? And he says, Paul says, that God from the very beginning, it's, it's been inside of you. It's been inside of your heart. There is a God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they, became, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Like God is mean. These foolish ideas. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people, birds, animals, and reptiles. Instead of worshiping God, we worship money, or self, or entertainment, or work, or whatever it is. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Do we worship the creation or do we worship the Creator? That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. That's the Bible's example, not mine. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do the things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarrelsome deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They were backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. And they disobey their parents. Wait a minute, what? That sounds out of place. Like the murder and stuff in back there and disobey parents seems right here. 
Like, it's wrong, but, you know, it's not murder. But one step out of the ark. Like, disobey parents is in the same paragraph as murder. The consequences of the sin are different, but the sin is the same to God. The sin is the same, and it's an attack and a rebellion against God. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. They know it's wrong, and yet they encourage others to do it as well. They know it's wrong, and they call it right. Or they call it progressing. Or they call it new age, whatever. It's evil, and it's wicked. Even after all that, the same writer, Paul, that wrote all of that, then wrote, in chapter 3. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the law as He promised in the writing of Moses. He's shown a way to be right with Him. Church, even in our wickedness, even though we were one step or 20 steps away from Him, what Jesus did is He extended out into the world a hand to pick us up. This, once again, proves the goodness of God and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He stepped out to pull us out of that wickedness and out of that evil and provided a way for salvation to Him. Glory, hallelujah. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. Listen, people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood for us. I don't know about you. I don't know. I've been a Christian all 42 years of my life. That makes me want to run to an altar and say, Lord, if there is any wickedness inside of me, get it out. If there is any thought, if there is any word, if there is any action, if there is any deed whatsoever that I deserve eternal punishment, and yet you are extending a hand to pull us back out of that wickedness and into God's goodness. I say glory Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah to an all-powerful but a good God. The end of Psalm 34. The Lord will rescue His servants. No one who takes refuge in Him will be condemned. There is an eternal punishment for the wicked, but not for those who accept Christ. And that is the goodness of God. Church, taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you stand this morning? We're going to go into a time of prayer, into a time of worship. And I just want to ask simply, are you here today and you say, I, I, I just, I want to make sure, <laughs> okay? I've been living for the Lord for a long time, but that doesn't mean that I'm not susceptible to temptation. 
I'm not susceptible to some sort of wickedness that might try to seep its way in. And you say, I want to make sure, I, 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 want, I want to ask Jesus, is there any wickedness inside of me? Rip it out. We're going to have a time of prayer for this, all right? These altars are open. If you want to talk to me about actual salvation, giving your heart to the Lord, I'm going to come over to my right, your left. Please come talk to me. But everyone else, I want to open up these altars, open up this prayer time to say, God, if there is anything inside of me, anything close to one step outside of the ark, God, rip that away from me. God, we thank you for your goodness. We praise you. We thank you that even in a world that is wicked and evil, you are a good God. You are a good God. And you have proven it over and over and over in our lives and before our lives and after our lives. You are a good God. So Lord, I pray that you would take any wickedness that's inside of us, our heads, on our tongue, in our actions, in anything. God, rip that out of us and help us to accept the goodness that is God. In Jesus' name. If that's you, let's find a place to pray or let's lift up a worship to the Lord. Let's praise God because He is a good God. Find a place to pray and let's worship. Go ahead, church. Just talk to the Lord for a minute. Tell Him, thank Him for how good He is. God, thank You. Thank You for being so good. What a good God You are. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Begin to talk to Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Is He good to you? He's provided salvation. He's provided direction. Lord, You are a good God. Only through You comes salvation. Oh, hallelujah. God, we thank You, Jesus. You are a good, good God. You are a good, good God. Hallelujah. Church, God doesn't send anybody anywhere. People choose where they go. By the life that they live, by the things that they say, the things that they do, they get on the ark or they choose to not be on the ark. We are all in the direction towards hell. And then we grab that hand that was on the cross and he pulls us out. It, that is us, for us to know, but so many people outside of these four walls as well. We've got to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ and how good He is. Amen? We've got to tell them. So Lord, we say thank You once again. Thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for an entire chapter, really an entire book, of the goodness of God. And we say thank you. I pray that every day we would taste and see that the Lord is good. And that we would offer that to others as well. To our family, to our neighbors, our co-workers. Lord, we, everyone has to hear of the goodness of God. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for salvation that's on my life and on our lives. Thank you for providing a way of escape. 
that only you can do. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.